Hey, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. I wanted to let you know that the episode you're about to listen to is from our archives and a podcast that I did called the Internet Marketing Podcast back in 2013. You'll notice that we reference the domain Mike'sPodcast.com, which I no longer own, but I still wanted to make sure that you had access to some of the great content and interviews from this session. So if you need anything in the future, please visit EpicMarketer.com. Thanks so much and enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast with your host, Mike Cowles. Hey, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. And in today's talk, we're going to be talking with one of my absolute heroes in the podcasting world, Mr. John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. Now, John has taken on an amazing task of setting up a podcast that has a brand new interview every single day, five days a week. And the quality of the content and the guests that he has is bar none. He's had guys on like Tim Ferriss, uh, Chris Brogan, just you you would not believe how many fantastic guys that John has brought to the table. And I get to turn the tables on him today and ask him exactly how he thinks and how he's run his business. And John has such a plethora of information of books that he's read and experiences in life that you're just going to love the talk. Now, I have all of the show notes for all the resources and tools and books that he's mentioned at epicmarketer.com forward slash John. So let's jump right in and enjoy the call. Mr. John Dumas, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for asking. Good, good. Well, really excited about uh, the chance to sit down and talk with you today and uh, just hear a little bit about how you think and how you got to where you're at. Now, I gave a brief intro before I said hi, but will you do me a favor and just take a quick minute to tell uh, my readers a little bit about yourself and your inspiration for Entrepreneur on Fire? I'd be happy to, and thank you for the opportunity to come and speak to your listeners. Um, born and raised in the state of Maine, little country town here until I was 18 years old. Went to college on a ROTC scholarship at Providence College in Rhode Island and spent four years there training as a cadet and then spent the next uh, eight years serving our country, four years as um, active duty officer and then four years in the reserves and uh, highlighted with a 13-month tour of duty in Iraq. So after that uh, period of my life was over, I jumped into the civilian world and I was like, okay, what now? Tried a bunch of different things to see if I could find my passion because it wasn't knocking on my door. So I tried uh, corporate finance, a tech startup, commercial real estate, residential real estate. Nothing was clicking with me. Um, but then I found this thing called podcast back in 09 when I was you know, driving around to different real estate appointments or just on the on the uh, elliptical machine, at the gym, what have you. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with podcasting in general. And for the next three years, I was really consumed by it. Um, started to listen to some more of the private podcasters like your Pat Flynn's and your Andrew Warner from Mixergies. And sure. one day I just had that epiphany, that aha moment. I said, wow, I need a podcast that comes out with more content because I'm driving to work every day. I'm exercising every day. I'm consuming so much content with these great interviews, but I'm going through months and months of content in mere weeks. And I didn't see that podcast that was out there that was that daily podcast. So my inspiration came to me then. I wanted to create Entrepreneur on Fire, which was a daily podcast 
that interviews today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. And that moment, Mike, happened in June of 2012. Nice, nice. So who, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Mixer G, Andrew, and uh, Pat Flynn, but who are some of the other guys that just really inspired you as far as podcasting that when you listen to, you're like, I can't get enough of this? Well, I started with the big boys because I didn't really know podcasting before 2009. I know it started back in 05, but I was kind of late to the game on some levels. So by the time I got around to it, Dave Ramsey, The Wall Street Journal, Susie Orman, APN Marketplace. I loved those podcasts. I thought they were great. But then I started being introduced to more of the private guys, um, like the independent podcasters, I'll call them, like your Andrew Warners and Pat Flynn, uh, David Simon Garland from Rise to the Top, Jamie Tardy, the eventual millionaire. These podcasters were just people that were podcasting about their passions, when they wanted to, where they wanted to. And I was like, you know what? I can do that because they're doing that. So it opened it opened up my eyes, it opened up a door, and I walked through. Nice. So, you know, you may not realize this, but you're actually one of my heroes. And I say that Thank completely you, sincerely. I, I think you're awesome. I've listened to a, a ton of Entrepreneur on Fire, and uh, I didn't realize it, but, um, you know, I love that you have so much content on there, and I had the same complaint not complaint, but the same desire that you had of, I really wish there was more content out there. Um, one of the guys I listen to a lot is uh, James Schramko, and he puts out stuff every day, but a lot of times it's short, like two minutes, five minutes kind of thing. Well, it's and, super fast business. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, And every time I listen to his stuff, I'm always like, man, that was short, but he's so right. It's such a good point that he made or whatever. And, uh, and you know, I was inspired by him as well. But one of the things I wanted to really compliment you on and acknowledge that you do, I think probably better than just about anybody out there, is how consistent you are. Like, you never sound like you're having a bad day or you're in a hurry. or It's just like you're consistently John Dumas. And when, like, for instance, when you do your podcast, you know, about halfway through, you say, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. And, you know, the first few times I listened to that, I was like, I wonder if he recorded that like just while the guest was there or if he recorded it later because it sounds exactly like his voice, his tone, his speed, everything sounds so consistent, you know? So help me as a, and, and the, the person listening to this, help us understand kind of the secret to that inner strength that you have to stay so consistent. What do you do to be so focused? Well, I think one of the powers of being an entrepreneur is the fact that you are able to be yourself. And so many corporate jobs, and I've had them all, in different sectors of the economy, you really kind of have to take on a new persona and kind of act a part, so to speak. But with an entrepreneur, but being an entrepreneur, you can truly just be yourself. And in fact, I've truly found that when people are themselves and they are that authentic person that is within, then they have so much more success. And so that's what I try to bring to Entrepreneur on Fire every time. It's just my authentic self. So, you know, whether I am recording that um, sponsorship slot later, which I do do because I never know exactly which sponsor is going to have for that show and then I insert it in, I just am myself and I talk like I normally talk and I act like I normally act. And that is really why it, it does sound like it could be fluid and it may have been part of the program. So that is just one thing that I love talking about to aspiring entrepreneurs is that you know find that passion find that 
thing that really resonates with your authentic person, with your passions, and then drive forward with that because that is where I found all of my success with Entrepreneur on Fire. And believe me, it's been a journey, just like I talk about on my show, and we really go into the journey of my guests. Mm. I've had my own journey, and you go back and listen to episodes 7, 10, 15. I mean, you're talking to a, a veteran you know, of the U.S. Army. I mean, I wasn't trained to be a broadcaster. I didn't know what it meant to be interviewing people, to be talking to a microphone. That wasn't part of my skill set. But I wasn't going to let that stop me, Mike. I wasn't going to let that slow me down. I knew that I had to start, that I'd improve along the way as I'm working towards my Malcolm Gladwell tipping point of 10,000 hours. So Mm. a lot of people, too, that's a really good point to notice, uh, a really good point to note is that as you're improving and as you're going throughout this process, People really enjoy being part of that journey. I get emails all the time from Fire Nation listeners that say, John, I just love how your personality is starting to show itself more and more as you become more comfortable as the host, as an interviewer to your guests. And that's part of the process that draws people in because they can see who you really are. And, you know, I didn't hit the ground running, you know, like Jay, you know, like a Jay Leno too. I mean, I started like the ground the ground level like everybody does when they start i was bad i had to struggle i had to improve but that's part of the process and look at it like it's part of the process like it's a game that you're playing to improve mm-hmm. that's awesome i i really appreciate that about you too i i uh, was talking with dan andrews from uh, tropical mba the other day uh i got a chance to interview him and asked him a similar question because dan's and and you actually talked to Dan about the same thing. He's got such a magnetic personality that all the entrepreneurs that hear him are like, I got to get near that guy. He's just so cool. And uh, he said a similar answer, which is, you know, the thing is, is when uh, when we started Tropical MBA and um, Lifestyle Business Podcast, you know, we didn't want to attract everybody. We wanted to attract people that were like us. So by being yourself, you can consistently do that. There's no lie. There's no scam. It's just be yourself and you will naturally attract people that are like you. And that tied in with something that I've heard, you know, you and several other people talk about, which Tony Robbins coined is can I, which is, you know, constant, never ending, improving, uh, trying to be a better John Dumas, you know, trying to be a better Mike Cowles, trying to be a better Dan Andrews. And when people see that, especially like you talk about the journey of, look, here's where I blew it, you know, and, you know, here's how I'm making it right or here's how I'm learning from that mistake. Um, I think people really, really love that transparency. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Dan Andrews. He was such a great guest. And I've had multiple people reach out to me and be like, John, that was one of my favorite interviews you've done thus far because the thing about Dan is he turns the table. He's such a good interviewee that he'll turn the yeah. table on you and he'll play the host for a couple minutes. So yeah. we went back and forth and he'll be like, so John, what do you think about that? And I'll be like, well, wait a second. I'm asking the questions here. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we had a lot of fun on our call. We, uh, we left He's some bloopers great. in there and stuff too because he does. He's, he just has that gift of making you talk and, uh, and, and contemplate things that you're, you're asking yourself as well. So let me do the same thing to you, John. Uh, on Entrepreneur on Fire, you always ask for a favorite quote. And I'd love to hear one from you, but what I'd like to hear, if it's possible, is a quote that you kind of find yourself saying to yourself on a daily basis that, that motivates you. Do you have one of those? I absolutely do. And that quote would be, 
try not to become a man of success, but rather become a man of value. And our good friends, now I say that with quotes because he's obviously not a friend of you nor I, but Albert Einstein is the man who penned that quote. Mm. And I am such a believer in that quote for so many reasons. And it's really how I try to live my life and really keep the vision of entrepreneur pointed in that direction is to keep reminding myself, I am looking to become a man of value. I am looking for entrepreneur on fire to be a business that provides value because success will follow that, Mike. Mm -hmm. uh, Value doesn't always follow success, but success will always follow value if you provide enough of it to enough people. And there's another Zig Ziglar quote that goes something along those lines as well. Like I think it goes, and I'm paraphrasing here, but if you want to get something in... If you want to get anything in life, all you have to do is, is give enough people enough of what they want in life. Yeah. And it's that same kind of thought process that goes on um, with just providing people with what they need, what they want, value to them, and that will come back to you. And that was actually such one of my favorite quotes that one of my Fire Nation, Fire Nation listeners reached out to me who owns a, a sign company, and he said, hey, John. I love that quote for so many reasons. I'm going to send you a sign with that quote. So I have it hanging behind me. This is a video podcast. You see that we have uh, the sign hanging up behind me in in orange and yellow to kind of denote the fire nation of that quote. So it's something I see every day and it's something that I say to myself every day. Yeah, that's great. It reminds me of uh, your call you did with Tim Ferriss where he said he was at that restaurant and he saw the sign. I think it said something like... uh, just keep it simple or keep it simple, something like that. And was so like, that's my mantra that he contacted the restaurant owner and said, Hey, you know, my name's Tim Ferriss. I'm an entrepreneur. I really like that sign. Would like to either buy it or negotiate something with you to buy it. And they were like, are you the four hour work guy? (laughs) (laughs) It was, um, it was simplify. That was the, Mm. the actual uh, sign just said the word simplify, but he just loved how it looked in yeah. the actual um, font of it. And yeah, I actually have a picture of it at entrepreneurfire.com slash Tim Ferriss. And it's, yeah, huge. Great, great, great. So yeah, one of mine, uh, and, and I get this because with the, the, the working online, being an internet marketer, an entrepreneur that's online, a lot of times the biggest struggle is information overload. You know, you're being told 10 million things by 10 million people, and they're all saying it's urgent. And so one of my favorite quotes, and this kind of gets me back to settling down and prioritizing things, is a Brian Tracy quote, which is, the most important thing is to make the most important thing the most important thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's easy to remember. I'm going to have to keep a hold of that one. Yeah, you know, and it's just, it's true, because it's so easy as a, you know, as an entrepreneur and a business owner that's wearing all the hats to you know, focus on a font size or something stupid that's not going to make any difference, uh, versus you know, okay, I need to focus on my customer. I need to focus on the value. I need to focus on finishing tasks on time so that I can track them and keep going. You know, mm, and we'll end this little quote session with my favorite Brian Tracy quote: okay. "Swallow the frog yes. first. Yes. Because so many entrepreneurs start their day and they know they have to do something, but they just keep putting it off, and it just kind of hovers over you like a rain cloud. Whatever is the most painful thing to do during your day, or you know, painful is not maybe the best word, but the most difficult thing that's kind of daunting you. Sure. Just do it. Swallow that frog, and the rest of your day will be amazing." 
Yeah, it's all downhill after that. <laughs> all downhill. Yeah. So is there a, a book that you've, I know you've read a ton of books, and I, I love that about you because I'm a, I'm a reader too. And it, I'm actually, it's it's funny when I listen to you know Entrepreneur on Fire. I'm like, this guy's read every book out there. <laughs> like every time one of your uh, guests is like, yeah, this it. is my book. You're like, oh yeah, that's great. I've read that one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to nail down just one book, what's the book that changed your life the most? Well, this is a book that I have actually yet to have the author of this book on Entrepreneur on Fire, but I would love to at some day. So if you're listening give me a call. The book is called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, who's actually the um, creator of Success Magazine. Mm. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's a great magazine. It's very entrepreneurial based. But what I love about The Compound Effect is it's a book that was written within the last five years. So it's pretty recent and it's relative to a lot of things that are going on right now. But it talks so distinctly about how small actions every single day add up to big results because yep. so many entrepreneurs just have these big, huge ideas and they feel like they need to do these big, huge steps every single day to get to those ideas and they try to get to them too quickly and it's kind of like trying to take too big a step over a, a river, you might fall in and drown. So mm. this is really that mindset of, listen, just map out your course you know, for the next you know three weeks and come up with a lot of great small tasks that will take you one step closer to that and continue to just drive forward with that mentality. And over the course of time, all of those small tasks that you've completed, that compound effect will add up to something huge. And that's how I look at Entrepreneur on Fire. I mean, it started with just one, one email to an entrepreneur to ask them to be on my show. And then I got that yes then it was three emails, and I got three more. Then it was nine emails, and I just kept taking these small steps forward and then actually doing the interviews and doing that first interview because it's so tough to do that first interview. <laughs> and now I'm at like number 207, all because I started with one with a small step of reaching out to a potential guest. And if I hadn't done that first step, if I had just thought about, wow, I need to do 365 interviews this year, I might have been too daunted to even step forward. So that's a powerful book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Right, right. That's awesome. You know, I still remember uh, my first interview, and I <laughs> we I was in my bedroom, uh, you know, recording with one of right. my coaching students, and uh, and about twenty minutes into the call, uh, we had we had this automatic cat box that would like clean itself every hour, and it starts going. <laughs> and I'm like, how do I explain that? I think we're going to have to edit that one out. So, uh, uh, well, my story with that is I live in a in a condo, and so we have 38 units within this. So there's a huge box at the bottom of the actual building where people can buzz your door. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I had all these interviews lined up throughout the day, and for whatever reason, it was just like my delivery day from UPS or something. So all throughout the day, people were just coming in and going. And buzzing, and it echoed my whole entire condo. And I, I was just hoping that it would happen while they were talking, and then right. I would just ignore it because then I could silence it out. But I'm sure they were like, "What the heck is going on?" But right. it was something I quickly realized to go down there and disable my button. So, uh, with Entrepreneur on Fire and such a, a great challenge and task of saying, "You know what? I'm putting out content every day." Um, I'm sure there were challenges that you didn't see coming. What were some of those? And if you had to start over, what would you change? 
Scheduling is definitely an issue because if you let scheduling get away from you, then things can really kind of spiral out of control and it can take over your life, so to speak. So when I first started, I would just haphazardly schedule my eight to 10 interviews that I was doing every single week throughout the week. And what I quickly realized was that that was just starting to take over my life. Like just because I only had two interviews one day, it would really take up such a huge part of that day because I'd be prepping for it. I would know they'd be coming. Then I'd be, you know, like trying to clean things up afterwards and edit and do the show notes. And it just became like all I was doing was interviewing, which is exactly what people warned me about when I started out with this audacious idea mm-hmm. of 365 interviews a year. Um, and, it, and it was coming to, to fruition. And then, you know, I was like, John, it's time to apply some military strategies here. Get some actual systems in place that's going to alleviate this. So I just sat down. I you know, thought it out. And I came up with a plan. I do all of my interviews for Entrepreneur Fire now on Mondays. I do 8 to 10 interviews every single Monday, every Monday. And then I have no interviews for Entrepreneur on Fire the rest of the week. So the rest of my week starting Tuesday morning is a clean slate, you know, barring any other interviews I'm, I'm scheduling for, you know, being on other shows or just running the business, creating products and services. It gives me time to focus and to do those things. Now, believe me, Mike, being a host yourself, you can imagine that's not an easy day. I mean, yeah. Mondays are very long. You know, I really do my best to keep my motivation and my enthusiasm up, which is a lot easier than you you might think it would be because the guests always bring such motivation and such inspiration that I just can just match it to their level. But it wasn't until I really realized how important systems were, and that can be implemented with every listener right now, is that systems are so important, they can free up so much of your time so you can really focus on the important parts of your business at different times. Yeah, you know, I've heard you mention a few times the E-Myth Revisited, and uh, that that book talks about exactly what you're talking about, which is having that system in place, and it is so critical. Like, I have a a webmaster, and, you know, she's new. I hired her, you know, a week ago or whatever, and from listening to, you know, you, from listening to Dan Andrews talk about, you know, standard operating procedures and, you know, James Schramko and that book, obviously – you know, every time I have to teach her something, I'm like, all right, let me make a video so that, right. you know, I, I, so that if she gets fired or quits or we hire 10 more people or whatever, you know, I could just say, watch this video. And, you know, that really is a life saving thing for, for your sanity and your stress level. So I, I really commend you. And I, I think that's great. Well, now, thank you. And for all the listeners, Jing, J-I-N-G yes. is a free amazing service that allows you to record up to five minutes of screen flow video tutorials just like Mike's talking about. Yeah, and you know, the truth is uh, when people hear that, I, I know when I first heard it, I thought, oh, five minutes, that's too short. No, every video that you do should be on one problem and one solution. And if it's over five minutes, it's too long. So it's actually perfect. And it kind yeah. of forces you to to stay focused on exactly here's how to do this one task. So. So now, do you with, you know, obviously there's no shortage with, you know, 7 billion or how many people there are on the planet now of awesome <laughs> people to interview. But do you have like a, an end plan as far as doing this on a daily basis? Do you say, you know, like, have you said in your mind, I'm going to do this for two years or something like that, and then I'm going to stop and travel for, you know, get off the grid for six months or something? Nope. I have not put any of those 
um, restrictions or plans in place whatsoever. I can't say that it won't happen. I just really haven't, you know, let myself think think that far ahead because one of the things I think is most powerful for entrepreneurs when you're running your own business is being able to be agile and quick and to move on your feet. And that's one way that we're able to disrupt bigger companies and bigger corporations that are out there, these big, slow-moving blobs. Like, you know, they may have the money, they may have the advertising dollars, but what they don't have is the agility that we have. So with Entrepreneur on Fire, I'm just going to keep it keep agile, keep fast, you know, kind of like little Rocky going against Mike Tyson, you know, kind of bopping and bopping and rolling a little bit back and forth and um, really focus on just staying cutting edge, you know, wherever that may lead me. So I don't know what Entrepreneur on Fire is going to look like in a year. I'd love to think that I'm still doing daily interviews because I enjoy them so much and I have so much great response from people whose lives are being so impacted by them. I don't see that changing, but I definitely see Entrepreneur on Fire growing as as a service-based company where I'm offering more powerful things for more people. That's awesome. So for the person listening right now that's saying some of the same things you and I both said, which is, you know what, I love podcasts. I love listening to them. I love talking to people. Maybe I'll start my own podcast. Would you suggest to that person to follow a similar model as far as doing a a lot of interviews? I truly believe that you need to sit down as a potential podcaster and just really find out what resonates with you because you need to come up with a system that is going to work for your personal mindset. For me, I wanted to fill that void that I knew was out there. And mm-hmm. for you, you know, for somebody that's listening that, you know, maybe just wants to make podcasting a part of their business instead of the focus of their business, which it is for me, you know, a weekly podcast is more than enough. So it really just comes down to what audience you're trying to reach, the demographic and the niche you're trying to fill, and then who you're actually speaking to. So all those things um, in mind, I do believe that the more podcasts that you do um, that you do produce, the better for a lot of reasons because people love content. Mm-hmm. 97 million people are driving to work by themselves every single day. And if you can come out with one a week, that's a great consistency level. If you can do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's awesome too. If you can do a daily, you're crazy, but that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you know, uh, I don't know if Jason Fladlin was the one who, who came up with the phrase, but he's the first person I heard say it, and that is that money loves speed. <laughs> and I think I think that, James Franco would like that, too. Yeah. And so I think that, like you're saying, the more uh, content you put out there, obviously it's got to be high value and everything, but the more content you put out there, the faster you're going to monetize your podcast, the faster you're going to build your audience, and especially like what you're doing, I mean... I love the whole interview concept because the person that you interview wants that interview to be heard. And a lot of times they already have a platform established. And even if it's just a little tweet, you know, you're bringing in more recognition. And then as like, you know, you've, I've heard you mention several times, you've got what, like 150,000 downloads per month. Uh, that's an awesome, huge platform that you built up really pretty quickly by, you know, joining up with these giants out there that already have platforms so, you know, that's just such a huge advantage to doing the interview model. And that's exactly what it is. And that's why podcasting is so exciting. If I had done a weekly show, just come out and said, you know what, I'm going to do a weekly show like so many other people. Mm-hmm. After these seven months, 
I'd have 28 interviews released, which is a really good number. I mean, Pat Flynn's been doing podcasting for about two and a half years now, and he's at like number 61. Yeah. And he, you know, has one of the highest rated business podcasts in the world. Um, but for me, having no platform, you know, venturing for the first time into the online world, that you're completely right, Mike. I was able to leverage every single one of my guests' audiences that they already had by telling their amazing journey. And now they turn, they share that with their audience, exposing Entrepreneur on Fire to that. And instead of just having 28 of those, I have 181 live as this interview is being given and over 210 recorded and you know upcoming. And it's just going to continue onwards like that every single day. My first email in the morning is to that guest whose interview went live asking or sharing with them the links and asking them to share with their audience. And it's just a great business model. It's working for me. And you're right. As of this interview, Entrepreneur on Fire is being downloaded over a hundred and I mean, sorry, over 200,000 times every single month in over 145 countries. Wow. That's fantastic. I, this is uh, going to be episode number 44 for me. And uh, I started in, in late January and, uh, I love the idea of having, you know, more content out there. And what I do is I do two things. I either will do an interview like this, which I really enjoy because I get to, you know, learn great things and build relationships and and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, And I do my own content by myself. And one of the things that I, I kind of figured out for myself as far as motivating myself and getting content for myself is I have an iPhone. So Anytime I'm listening, and I get a lot of inspiration from listening to other interviews, when I get a good idea, like that's a great question to ask or that's a great topic to talk about, uh, I just have a note section in, uh, in my iPhone called Ideas. <laughs> and so what I do is when I have a, a podcast where it's just me, is I pull it up and I pick three different things. And I say, you know, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. Today we're going to talk about three things. You know, a great new tool I found for, you know, capturing video, whatever it is. And uh, that's that's really helped me a lot, you know. That's such a great domain. How long ago did you buy that? Uh, actually, uh, I got it in January. And, uh, what? That was available? Yeah, and I started looking all over because I have probably close to 300 different domains because I do web design <laughs> yeah. and SEO and have a bunch of products. Right. And uh, I had met James Shramko around that time and said, you know, hey, what do you think of this site? And at the time, my main site was uh, bloggingfreak.com, which the the big three for domains, as far as the most important things, are easy to spell, easy to remember, and targeted. And the challenge was that I wasn't really looking at was it was targeted to marketing, but it was limited to bloggers. And so if somebody's like, well, I'm not interested in blogging, I'm interested in paid traffic or list building or affiliate marketing or whatever, it's kind of limited. And James actually brought that up. And uh, so he gave me a little bit of uh, inspiration to go search for a new domain and even mentioned the word Epic. So I got to give him credit for that and acknowledge that. But uh, yeah, I I was really excited when I found it and was like, that's awesome. Great domain. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first asked you uh, about being on the show, you were like, yes. And I love the domain. <laughs> yeah. I really do. I'm not just saying that. It's almost as good as Entrepreneur on Fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's obviously better. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, too. I, uh, I actually loved your story about Entrepreneur on Fire. You were, you were talking, I think it was with 
it wasn't with Dan. It was the guy from Train Signals. And uh, and you said you heard on like a sports show, they said, you know, he's on fire. And you were like, yeah. that's it. That's what I want. You know, because when an entrepreneur's their game is on, like Michael Jordan, it's nothing but net. That's what people say is he's on fire. So very absolutely. Cool. People can resonate with it. And I just love how I've been able to kind of, you know, build branches off of that, you know, with Ignite, with Fire Nation, with Flames. So that was really kind of the whole theme I was going for. Um, so, yeah, I was I was stoked when when that was available. Yeah, you know, and you do such a great job of branding uh, consistently and very cleanly, like your uh, your icon on iTunes and stuff like that with the little microphone on fire. Very easy to spot on a page, you know, if there's a bunch of other icons, you know, it's a great look. It, it fits with everything you're doing. So just great job on the branding on that. Thank you. Branding is very important. So, I mean, that's one thing that people definitely should not let slow them down from starting because believe me, my branding was horrible when I started, but I didn't let that stop me. I just knew that it was horrible and I knew that as my business progressed and matured, I was going to be improving that as one of my focal points. So don't let it stop you, but do know that branding, marketing, you know, domain names, those are, those are really important things to stay top of mind. Yeah. You know, I, I, I teach a lot about branding to, uh, to my coaching students because it has such a big impact. And one of the things that's kind of a tough, uh, tightrope to, to walk on is the difference from branding a product versus you as a person, because people buy from people, but they remember, you know, uh, entrepreneur on fire or fire nation a lot of times easier than they'll remember somebody's name specifically. So what do you do as far as branding? What do you kind of focus on to walk that fine line? So one thing that I did decide early on as well was that, you know, it was important to be um, the, you know, the face behind Entrepreneur on Fire, Mm -hmm. but not very far behind. So I really did want, you know, my name to be there and to be part of the whole message and the whole brand as well. And so, you know, if you like Google John Dumas right now, there's like, it's like a 50 year old man with long flowing hair who plays the flute professionally, like seriously. And you know what? He's done a great job with that name. Like he's crushed it. Like he owns johndumas.com. You know, he was like, he's like 20 years older than me. So, I mean, you know, he was buying the domains, the email sure. addresses, the, the Skype handles, you know, he was the first guy on it and I appreciate it. And I, you know, applaud him for that. So I needed to be a little inventive. Unfortunately, I don't hate my middle name like a lot of people do. So I really have been pushing that to the forefront. And in fact, if I could record my intro over again, um, it would say not just, you know, John Dumas, it would say John Lee Dumas, because that's kind of one thing that I am kind of pushing forward is that Lee part of it to kind of distinguish myself, you know, like a David Seitman Garland, John Lee Dumas. And to me, I kind of like how it flows anyways, because my mother growing up was a big John Lee Hooker fan. And he uh, was like a, a major blues singer. And so that was one of the reasons why I got my last, uh, my middle name. So she's happy that it's back. That's great. I remember, uh, I think one of the first talks I ever heard was with you and Chris Brogan. And, uh, and he was interviewing you. And that's how I heard about, you know, um, Entrepreneur on Fire. And he said, I'm here with John Lee Dumas. And the only reason I'm saying John Lee Dumas is that's his Twitter handle uh, versus John <laughs> Dumas. <laughs> and uh, I, I love Chris. He's such a funny guy and oh, just another there. magnetic personality. And I had him on uh, a few weeks ago. And I kid you not, John, it was like I was smoking something. I just kept laughing the whole time he was talking. He was just <laughs> so funny. And it's like uh, 
that scene from Zombie uh, Zombie Land where the girl's talking about Bill Murray and she's like, he just gets me. He's just got a straight line in my funny bone, you know? <laughs> no, and because you know he does it in a way too that kind of hits you out of nowhere. It's like yes. a very dry, very quick, sharp humor, and you're just like, blah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I edited the uh, the call afterwards to add my intro and exit and stuff, and uh, and and there were like ten more jokes I didn't even realize he said that I was laughing when I was doing the editing. You know, <laughs> it's like just real subtle. You know, he's great. I love him. So uh, you've been really generous with your time, and I appreciate all the experience that you've shared. And I think one of the big uh, attractive, naturally viral things that uh, that people do as marketers as a as a model is case studies like their own results like here's what i thought here's what i did here's the results i got i think that's super uh, super attractive to people and i think that's one of the reasons why entrepreneur on fire is so successful because you pull out of people you don't just say okay here's a question give me an answer okay great you're like well wait wait let's dig a little deeper tell me your own personal experience like how did you fail or whatever it is and you're I, not getting away that easy exactly <laughs> I remember you actually saying those words. I forget uh, the lady you were interviewing, but she... I was like, you know what? That's a great aerial view, but listen, take it down to the ground level because this is about you, your story. Exactly. So I'm going to flip the table on you and do the judo flip. So... Judo! John, tell me, what is one of the areas that you've really failed and had to dig deep and how'd you overcome it? So... This is one of my favorite questions on Entrepreneur Fire because mm-hmm. I have yet to have an entrepreneur say, what well, I've never failed. And, right. <laughs> and in fact, most entrepreneurs say, well, like, how long do we have? Ha, ha, ha. Right. Because every successful entrepreneur has a path and a journey that is just riddled with failure, literally like Swiss cheese has holes because that is part of being an entrepreneur. And I mean, man, like I have just failed so many times throughout my life you know, every single time I, I went from one industry to another, you know, it was just another kind of quote unquote failure at that industry, at that niche, and then moving into the next direction and really trying to, you know, see if I could succeed there. Um, and so for me, you know, one of my most kind of heart um, wrenching failures and one that I actually haven't shared very often, although I've been um, asked this question quite a lot on, on other shows is the fact that I left the military, kind of a, a clueless soul at that point, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, you know, like most 26-year-old people who have no idea what they want to do and come from a family of lawyers, you go to law school. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I just didn't have anything pulling me in any direction. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get my law degree. I'm going to be a lawyer. It's respectable. People are going to think I'm cool because I'm in law school, whatever. So, I went through the whole shenanigans, took the LSATs, got accepted to law school, went to law school, and then literally within the first week of being at law school, I realized that I was the biggest fake of my life. Mm. Like it was just so not me. And believe me, it was that was the case for about 90% of people in law school too. I mean, it's people find out it's the biggest fake for them and some strive through and continue on and have miserable or happy careers, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And other people like myself, at the end of the first semester, I had to look deep within and say, listen, are you going to keep going down this road that you know is not you, that you know is just not your authentic self, that just tastes bad every single time you wake mm-hmm. up in the morning And there's no inspiration. So you're just getting by, doing the bare minimum and trying to avoid 
anything extra. And I, you know, that, so that, that was my biggest failure and my biggest success at the same time was realizing I need to leave law school. I failed at law school. I failed as a potential lawyer, but I succeeded in realizing that it's not my authentic self and I'm going to continue my journey. And Mike, I'm not going to lie to you. I had no idea where to go. Like I spent the next, you know, five years in different jobs and different industries still trying to find it. So it wasn't a quick and easy and painless transition. It was a very painful transition and it was a very long journey to get to where I am now where I do wake up in the morning and I say, yes, I get to eat, live and breathe entrepreneur on fire today and I couldn't be more happy. Like waking up this morning and seeing this interview on my schedule, I was so excited and it made me smile because I love talking to people like yourself. I love talking about entrepreneurial ventures and I just love what we're in. And, you know, having come, come back from social media marketing world, I was finally like at a place where I'm like, wow, I totally belong here. This is what I was meant to do. And these are the people that I was meant to surround myself with. That's awesome. And I, I appreciate the, uh, the compliment about being excited about being on the show. You know, getting, getting around great thinkers is such a great uh, stimulus to me and, and to guys like you as well, just because that's really what this is all about, is that your thinking changes everything. You know, like I know I mentioned James Shramko a few times. He, he started a podcast not too long ago called Think, Act, Get. And I don't know if you've heard that or not, but it's phenomenal. It's really great. Yeah, they actually give me some pretty serious props on episode 10. Great, great, great. And... um I love Ezra Firestone. He's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> I, and they're a great combination. You know, they, they have a really good balance between each other. And, uh, yeah. You know, so, but the whole concept of the way that you think affects how you act and how you act affects what you get uh, in life is really so true. And you get that thinking, that positive thinking, not the fake positive, but the seeing the potential, seeing the abundance, seeing, you know, create creative answers and, uh, instead of seeing problems, seeing opportunities and stuff like that from having great associations with great minds. So, uh, you know, one thing I also wanted to say real quick about what you were talking about as far as the whole failure thing is, um, you know, people are that are awesome, that are leaders in anything are awesome because of their experience. And the way that they get that experience is from failing. And so the key is to fail faster and you'll be awesome faster. Fail faster, fail forward, yes. and embrace that failure, literally, because that is what's going to allow you to open your eyes to the direction you should be going in. So just like the Eric Lease, the Eric Reese MVP model, the minimally viable product, you can pivot and you can adjust. Because if you wait to fail, then you're just setting yourself up for the big failure. So it's better to fail fast, just like you said. Yeah. So, uh, John, give us one last bit of advice. If you could only give one piece of advice, the most important thing to my reader, what would you say? Just start. Those are the most powerful words that I can impart upon to anybody because there are so many people that have these great ideas and they're just waiting for the right time or they're waiting for the right um, situation to occur. Well, listen, just start. I'm not telling you to leave your job. I'm not telling you to ignore your wife, your kids, your family, your responsibilities. I'm saying just start. If you have that idea in your mind, if you're passionate about it, if you want to start getting the wheels turning, if you want to get that ball in motion, just start. Get up half an hour early. Stop being lazy. 
do it for 30 minutes. If you're, if you're not a morning person, when you get home from work at night, when the kids are in bed, when the wife's sleeping, do it, or the husband's sleeping, do it then and just start. And six months from now, you'll be amazed at what these 30 minutes a day have got you. And you'll really be able to realize, is this a leap that I want, that I can, that I am able to make? And so those are the two most powerful words that I can impart onto any entrepreneur. And those are two words that every guest that I've had on Entrepreneur on Fire has done. Fantastic. Couldn't have a better way to end a show, man. Thank you so much for coming on, John. This was great. Thank you so much, Mike. I love what you're doing here. (laughs) All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast. Please tell a friend to check out EpicMarketer.com.